Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Another exciting week. I prefer these weeks rather than listening to all that crap that went on for four years under Trump. It's a war in Washington. Uh, it's too much of a war. Uh, the Republicans have to learn how to sit down and talk business, uh, not keep things away from the Democrats, but negotiate, compromise, and come up with legislation that will pass. You can't do business if there's an arbitrary no, generally from the other side. Uh, that's the biggest thing. Uh, there's a lot of interesting things and exciting things going on. I think this January 6th committee, congressional committee thing, is going to get hot and heavy next week. That's going to be very interesting. Uh, we end uh, abortion and the voting uh, bill. Those are going to come up again, too. And there's no partisanship. They're, they're, forget it. Joe Manchin is whacked out. From day one, he was whacked out. If there hasn't been part partisanship for years why now i don't know what motivates kristen cinema she won't tell anybody <laughs> what she wants she don't give anybody a number or what she's looking for she's a whack job uh and they're screwing up the forget they're screwing up the democratic party they're screwing up the people of the united states all that wonderful legislation and that multi-trillion dollar social package it, it, it changes the world it changes lifestyles it, it, it's a wondrous thing it is 1932 33 all over again it will achieve the same type of things that fdr did i don't know why these two people are being so arbitrary and unreasonable and if they continue it and they i'll tell you right now if they continue and biden doesn't get this bill through decently uh we're going to have a Republican Congress and Republican Senate uh, in 2022, and it will be the fault of those two people. So where are we going tonight? Well, we're going to go to Washington, D.C., Iowa, Cleveland, North Carolina, Key West, New York, and France. We're going to start off tonight with the attitude, what I think, the Democratic Party should do and ha the way they're handling the January 6th commission. Uh, you know, Republicans go for the jugular. They don't screw around. They go out to kill when they want to get something done. That's why they've been successful in many respects. The Democrats want to be nice guys. They want to be statesmen. If the opposition isn't going to play statesman roles, then you, the Democrats shouldn't. You go after the jugular, too. Now, where am I going? The subpoenas are out. Four subpoenas are out. Let's see what they do. Now, you can't, you have, they haven't got Trump for executive privilege, okay? It doesn't fly. Uh, what's going to happen, though, they're going to want to delay and delay and delay. They will delay by having uh, the necessity come up for the committee, uh, the Democratic committee, to take them to court, to court or the Justice Department taking them to court, to enforce the subpoenas. Now, 
It may be that all four of them believe the subpoenas are valid. It doesn't make any difference because they know if they go to court, it's just like Trump did for four years. It initiates a delay process. The courts move too slowly. I've written about this and talked about this for years. Uh, the court system's got to change in this country. Justice doesn't change. Just how we get things done. The law moves slowly. I learned that 60 years ago, 70 years ago in law school. And I see it in practice even until today. But things move rapidly today. Look at the Internet. We get information so quick. Uh, information can be passed back and forth, legal papers, oh, so quickly. And we've got to do things like that. W what is Lewis saying? I'm saying that time is of the essence in these things. You can't permit delay to take place. Uh, if these subpoenas are unanswered tomorrow, the system has to be set up whereby, because I think they're going to go for criminal contempt through the Justice Department, the Justice Department attorneys will go to court and tell the court, look, this is a different situation. We want to fast track it. The court has the power to fast track something. What does Lewis mean? If something gives the opposition 20, 30 days to get something done, the court can say in two days, I want the response here. Yes been done to me it was done to me many times in big cases because the judge had to move these cases okay and it can be done in these cases uh that's the way things have to be done or we're going to be talking about january 6th not in 2024 but in 2025 after the election's over the only way you're going to get them and kill them the only way you're going to go for the jugular you have to be on the fast track I learned in law school. I graduated in 1960. I was wised up also through the practice of law for those so many years afterwards. It's true that justice delayed is justice denied. And for once, let's get justice when it comes to opposition to something Trump, we believe, initiated and put, uh, you know, got the ball rolling on, the insurrection. And that's the way you got to do it. And if we don't do it, the Democrats don't do it, uh, they're crazy and they deserve to lose the next election. It's that simple. I may turn Republican then. Uh, let me go to Iowa now. Uh, the, the rally, Trump was in Iowa this weekend. He had his typical rally. Uh, not pressing him. He can be less enthusiastic. Uh, but he was up there like he owned the world. And right now he does. He owns the Democratic Party. Uh, I believe it was, what, 91% of registered Republicans in the state of Iowa support Donald Trump for pre to run for president and become president again in 2024. Now, that didn't bother me because I don't think he's going to make it, and I'll tell you why. Nobody talks about him getting arrested. You've got two grand juries in New York City, one federal, one state, looking at him, looking at his tax records. This guy's going to be long on trial and long convicted, okay? His appeals may not be over by 2024, and he won't be a viable candidate because of that. The garbage is all going to come out. Now, what bothered me about the Iowa rally, and it's this. Uh, MSNBC interviewed two couples after the rally, and they were typical all-American uh, appearing couples. Uh, one couple's in their 60s, the other couple in their 70s. Ma and Pa kettle types. Again, typical Americans, Ma and Pa kettle types. 
And the questions to each were basically the same, each couple. And uh, they talked about the January 6th insurrection. And you know what these people said? Each of them. We were in Washington that day, and we didn't see any of this. They also said, this stuff on television, we never saw that, and we were there. Now, (laughs) you know, I get emotional over this. You had to also, if you saw the Internet uh, videos on this, uh, it was wild. You never expected to see something like this. Uh, they, they took over, they almost took over the Alamo. All right, the insurrectionists on that day. And, uh, but these people were very sincere. And they said, we went there to support our president. He asked us to come. He asked everybody to come. They took him seriously. What a wonderful thing to have that intimacy with uh, your supporters. I, I mean this seriously. Anyhow, how can these people, are they lying? Are they blind? Are they wacky? I don't know why they talked like that, why they said that. But I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people believe that story, and these people were there, and they looked like good, solid, all-American couples. Uh, Scares the hell out of me. Scares the hell out of me. Janet. Janet. Don't know Janet's last name. Uh, You know, I write my blog every morning, com. And I, I generally write about the things I talk about here. Uh, sometimes get excited in writing. Janet reads my blog, I would say, fairly consistently. How do I know? Because she comments. I have a series of comments there and on several other sites I write, uh, where my blog is located, rather. And she, she writes what she thinks. And she, I think she's a, a pretty intelligent woman very intelligent and great way of expressing herself. Uh, We don't always agree. Generally we do, but we have exceptions. Uh, And when she she points out that I was wrong someplace, I I may have been in some instances. It's a good give and take. But the point is she's a straight woman. She's just, God bless her, uh, and she takes on these issues. Now, we're talking about, you know, I wrote a blog the day she responded, and the title was Why I Don't Understand. And the the introductory topic was the two couples from Iowa. Uh, and then I got into it at some point in the blog because I cover several topics. And I talked about, you know, people don't want their kids vaccinated, don't want them to wear masks. Why are we doing this? They're, they're endangering themselves, their families, their friends. We're never going to kill this pandemic unless everybody plays ball and get the shots. And she wrote, and I quote, okay, in the comments section, people take their kids on a metal tube that goes 500 miles an hour at 3,600 feet without ever doing their own research about who made the plane who last serviced it, or even reading about the physics of air travel. They just trust that the big airline knows what it's doing. And she finishes with, cut the crap stupid. And I agreed with her. Cut the crap stupid. These people go fly in the planes with their kids dead deer. Who checks anything out? And the plane goes down, we're dead. All right? Dangerous? Absolutely, without any question. And I, 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 I don't generally quote people who comment, but I thought 
this was a good comment, and I wanted to share it with my reading public. And I did. Well, interestingly, three or four people don't agree with it, my position, nor hers. And their basic premise is we're talking about choice here. If I take my children on the plane, it's my choice to decide if I want to take them on the plane. If I don't want them to have the shot, that's my choice too. The issue is choice. So I sat back and I thought about that. And I said, Lewis, did you fail to think about this issue clearly? And then I said, let me look at some numbers. And here's what I came up with. Uh, in the year 2020, and that's the last full year from which we can get numbers, 2021 isn't over yet, but in the year 2021, do you know how many people died worldwide in airplane accidents? You're going to be shocked. Last year, worldwide, in airplane accidents, 299. Look it up. It's there on the Internet, 299. Then I looked to see how many people died in 2021 from coronavirus. Going to blow your mind, which you already know. In the United States alone, 375,000 people died from the virus. 299 on the plane, 375,000 worldwide, then 375,000 just in the United States. And and I said, you know, these people really aren't making a proper choice because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Those numbers alone tell you that the proper choice to protect yourself, your family, your children, your neighbors is to get the shot because the odds of dying are better for you. You're going to die maybe or get sick from not having the vaccine. Uh, So I don't agree with the people who questioned what Janet wrote and who said, Louis, you blew this one in effect. I don't think I did for the reasons I'm showing you. Uh, A plane's a safe ride. Today, a plane is a safe ride comparing to coronavirus. In fact, plane is a safe ride when you consider only 299 people died last year in airplane crashes. So uh, that's what I have to say about Janet's position. Uh, Moving on now to uh, people have to be vaccinated. I don't care who the hell you are, what you think. Enough situations and enough numbers and percentages and doctors, et cetera, and scientists have come down and agree. Not everyone. I agree with that also. But most generally, more than 90% agree, agree that the vaccination is the way uh, to avoid getting sick with the virus. And if you do get sick, it'll be mild. You probably won't even have to go to the hospital two to four days of staying home with with flu-like symptoms. And in order to make sure that people get vaccinated, the government has said, Biden said, everybody's got to get vaccinated. And we're telling anyone that employs more than 100 people in this country by executive order, uh, they must require their employees to be vaccinated. Those that are not by a certain date are terminated. Just that simple. That simple. That simple. And it should be that way. And that's happening in a lot of situations. Now, People need organ transplants to live. That is the only reason for getting an organ transplant to live, to to avoid inevitable deaths. 
Well, last week it started. Some hospitals in this country that do a lot of organ transplants said, hey, if the person is going to get the organ transplanted into their body is not vaccinated, we are taking them off the list as people waiting for transplants because the odds are they can die. Anyhow, you know, they have no protection. The transplant takes care of one thing, but we're afraid they're going to die anyhow from the virus at some point in their lives. We've got to go with the people who need the transplant and have had the vaccine. They already have better protection going in. And also, it is required that the donor have had the vaccine also, of you know, the organ, the kidney, or whatever's going to go over both sides. Donor and donee have to have had the vaccine. And today, Cleveland Clinic, one of the biggest hospitals in the world, they're all over the place in the United States. They said no, and they do a lot of organ transplants. Unvaccinated, you're off the list. We don't consider you anymore. And that's the way it should be. There's another reason for this. It seems that based on statistics, we've had, what, two years of coronavirus or close to it, Based on statistics so far, because they did do organ transplants with people prior to this time who had not been vaccinated, and they found that the increase in the risk of dying, if you have an organ transplant and were unvaccinated, is 20 to 30% higher. In other words, don't get the shot, get the transplant, six months, a year, two years down the road, you're going to die maybe. And it's a maybe because your chances on it's increased by 20 to 30 percent. Why screw around? Why gamble? Another example why you should not do that. Now I'm going to talk about two things I'm sure you know about. Uh, one better than the other. Let me start with gasoline. The price of gasoline has gone up, 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 up. <laughs> I, I, and I didn't realize it till last Thursday. I was getting gasoline. My bill was about and the, and the pump was $25 more than it normally is. I have to get gas once a week. Even though I'm quarantined and don't go out, my car is used by other people. And I looked, $25 more. Gas, I sensed gasoline had gone up. And then I came home and I was reading on the Internet, the price of gasoline has been going up. I just didn't see it. Uh, crude oil's going up. Last week on Thursday, it was $80 a gallon, expected soon a barrel or a gallon, whatever way they do it. And they expect, I think they do by the barrel, it's going up, and they expect it to hit 100 very shortly, which means we're going to be paying more at the pump to get gasoline, okay? All right. No big deal. We go through this periodically. Now, food. We all know, just like Lewis discovered when he saw on the pump, my God, that's more expensive than they normally spend for gasoline. Groceries. We buy groceries normally once a week. And we've all noticed in the last two, three, four years that it just doesn't jump up the price of groceries. It ekes up a little bit every week until before you know it, you're saying, holy shit, 30 or $40 more a week for groceries. In some instances, even much more. My daughter, Lisa, two growing kids in high school, she's spending over $400 a week on groceries. Uh, she says the kids come home, they're hungry, they eat, we eat, we eat good. Uh, she says, I can't avoid it. I cannot avoid it. 
So the price of groceries are going to go up too. Now, and they're going to go up. They have been going up. What do you think is going to go up the most initially? Oats, O-A-T-S. Now, let me tell you that if you have oats for breakfast, your breakfast is going to become inflationary, inflationarily expensive, okay? And there's a reason for it. Uh, oats are primarily, we grow them in this country, but Canada's the big grower of oats. Canada had a very hot summer. Uh, they had very little rain, so they suffered a drought, and it destroyed most of the oat crop. Canada happens to be the biggest exporter of oats worldwide. And guess who their biggest customer is worldwide? That's right, the United States. <laughs> so who's going to suffer the most there? We're going to suffer. I'm laughing. This is all happening. The price of oats are going to go up. And if you're doing that, switch to wheat or something like that uh, for your breakfast cereal because we are a cereal-consuming public. Arlington, Arlington, North Carolina, the shooting this week. This is a disgraceful situation. Not the shooting itself, which is disgraceful in and of itself, but what happened surrounding it. We're in Arlington School, North Carolina, 18-year-old African-American black boy, goes into school, has a gun, and starts shooting people, shooting at people. Hits four people. Two do not require hospitalization. Two did. One a 15-year-old student, the other a 25-year-old teacher. One of the two, and this has not been released in the news yet, is in very critical condition, clinging, that's the word used, clinging to life. Now, the 18-year-old the who did the shooting, his name's Timothy Simpkins. And Timothy, of course, was arrested. I would assume at the very least the charge against him is going to be uh, attempted murder. <laughs> okay, this guy, that whoever's in the hospital doesn't die. Got to be attempted murder. You don't have to be a lawyer to know that. If you want to knock it down, it may be manslaughter. But they got to come up with attempted murder. Well, here it is several days later, and he still hasn't been charged with attempted murder or manslaughter, some minor charge, assault or something they charged him with. Now, within 24 hours, he comes before the court, as you're supposed to, have, must have a prompt arraignment under the criminal law in every state. And no way is this 18-year-old who carried a gun into school going to get out of jail before the trial. But guess what? The judge set bail at $75,000, which is very cheap in a shooting case like this. Now you say, well, 75000 is a lot of money. Maybe he doesn't have it. No one puts up the actual dollar amount. They go to a bondsman. He sells you a policy of insurance. Maybe they put 10% down. Maybe 15% down. So... 10000 15000 will buy them an insurance policy covering the $75,000 bail, and they're released. Now, the purpose of bail is to guarantee, it was initially to guarantee the defendant appeared for trial. Now, over the years, another reason has developed, and that that's that the defendant is a danger to society. So he should not 
be set free while awaiting trial because you don't know if he's going to go out, get a gun again, and start shooting people. And the fact pattern here indicates you don't know. And so the judge shouldn't let him out on bail. No, on bail, no reason for it. The guy's a dangerous commodity out there. Make it even worse. He's bailed out within 24 hours. Unheard of that quickly. I don't make the rules. I'm telling you how they're applied in this country, though. So now some reporters go to his house within 24 hours of his having been arrested. They go to his house. And the kid doesn't look poorly, his family, apparently hardworking people. And there's a party going on. Simpkins is there, Timothy Simpkins, his mother and father, his, if he's got any brothers and sisters, his relatives and his friends, and they're whooping it up because he's out of jail. I would close the door in shame. And I don't want anyone to see me, and I wouldn't want to act any other way than i got to figure out I'm going to get out of this thing but not to party, especially when one guy, one person, is in the hospital clinging to life. This, this is an example. I criticize the court system a lot. This judge was screwed up. I, I have heard, I've neither heard nor read anything that would justify letting this kid out on bail. Now, this week... Uh, I read an article in Zero Hedge. It's a political uh, newspaper, Zero Hedge. And it said, the United States finally is a banana republic. And the reason the United States has become a banana republic is because 1% of our population, okay, now own more wealth, 1% own more wealth, than the entire middle class put together. Isn't that wild? 1% own more money, have more money, more wealth than the entire middle class combined. And this is sort of unprecedented, though it did happen once before. And when it happened once before was in the one or two year time period before the Great Depression, which started in 1929. It happened then. Is history telling us something? Are we, if, if it is, are we learning from it? Because that's the only time it happened before. All right, where's Lewis here? Ah, these people, these people, these people. Uh, Southwest Airlines pilots. The planes didn't take off this weekend. 2,000 planes for Southwest Airlines didn't fly because it was claimed the pilots walked out. All right, they did one of these sick rebellions when they weren't sick because they weren't going to let the airlines tell them they had to be vaccinated. You recall, it was early last week, Biden issued his executive order. Any uh, company with more than 100 employees has to make sure that everyone's vaccinated. Those who refuse, they're fired. They're gone. And I, this is the right way to handle this. And... Uh, because people can't see the light of day. They're blind. you got to help them. Uh, so the pilots' initial reports were that they didn't show up. Uh, and this is pretty terrible. Recognize also that Southwest Airlines is based in Texas. Now, was it Friday, Thursday, Governor Abbott, 
You know, he's the new swinger out there. He's getting his 15 minutes in the sun lately. And uh, he said that he banned in the state of Texas uh, any company from uh, firing people for not being vaccinated. He, he said you cannot terminate them. It's, it's wrong to terminate them. So I don't know what happened. The pilots went crazy. Southwest got afraid. They fly their airplanes. Too much pressure from Texas state government. But nobody flew the planes. 2,000 planes stayed on the ground. No other airlines did this over the weekend, okay? Now today, most of them are back flying. And from what I understand, what occurred here is it was determined legally by lawyers. That's all from all sides that Biden's executive order is a federal mandate, and a federal mandate is superior to a state law or mandate. And that's apparently the Texas uh, people agreed to. That's the end of that issue. But Senator Ron Johnson, one of Trump's real big followers, he said this was the beginning of the Great Rebellion, okay, the, 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 the pilots stopping to fly. Uh, and he warned, we got to stop this madness before more danger is done. Uh, then one pilot, 18 years with Southwest, said, this issue is freedom of choice. Freedom of choice. They can't tell me whether I have to get that vaccine or not. So it started out as a freedom of choice issue. seems to be settled now by what's happening today. I don't know for sure. I'm just sharing with you what I know up to this time. That is my show for tonight, folks. Uh, please join me again next week. Till then, good night. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Enjoy your week. Till next.